We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. This morning I want to talk to you about being a part of the family of God. And one of those great benefits is being able to receive healing from Jesus Christ. To know His power on an everyday basis. In this series, we've already talked about the fact that when we come to the family of God, we find the forgiveness of our sins. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about being a good person. I'm talking about have never asked Him to come into your life, forgive you of your sins, and to change you. Today, that's going to happen for you at the end of this service. And last week, we talked about receiving mercy and finding grace in times of need. I don't have time to rehash those messages. They're all on the website, CHC Today. You can go and watch them and listen to them there. This morning, I want to talk to you about the fact that through Jesus, because we're adopted into the family, according to Ephesians chapter 2, and you know our text for this series is Ephesians 2, 13 through 22, but I'm going to point you to one verse of that text today, and that's verse 19. It says, now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Because of Jesus, we walk into God's family, we sit down with the Father, and we have full access, full benefit, every right to everything that God has provided for you and me. When we read the Old Testament, we see clearly that God has provided healing for His people. When we read the New Testament, we see it confirmed again. Sometimes in the Old Testament, it was a prophecy. In the New Testament, it becomes a promise for me and you. Matter of fact, let's look at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Somebody say amen. That's a prophecy. And that prophecy was fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. For Peter wrote it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Speaking of Jesus, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live by righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. I love that change in tense in that verb, don't you? It's no longer in the future. It's already done through Jesus Christ. By his stripes, you were healed. I'm going to ask you to help me a minute. And guys on the cameras, I'm going to need your help. Zach, I need every light on. Can you bring us to full lights back there? I don't see him. We're going to do this anyway. Okay. If you can help us, Anika, you probably have the best shot. Everybody in this room, if you can say, I did this a couple of weeks ago by a show of hands, but today we're going to stand and declare our faith. If you can say, I have been touched by the power of Jesus Christ He has healed my body. He has healed my mind. He has healed my spirit. If you can say, I've received that from him, right where you're at, would you just stand right now? Full lights, max lights, please. Amen. If you can pan that camera around, Anika, and get this crowd that's standing, I want you to look around you. Very, very few are sitting down today. Almost every person in the house is on their feet. Come on, give him some praise. Give him some glory. Because the scripture is true. By his stripes, we were healed. By his stripes, every one of you standing in 
this place were healed by the power of the living God. Oh, come on, lift your hands and thank Him that you are healed by Jesus Christ. His power flows through your body. He has touched you. He has made you whole. He has done a divine and supernatural work in your life today. By His stripes, you were healed. Hallelujah. Please be seated. Lana, would you come? I have two folks this morning going to share a brief testimony with you of what God has done in their lives. Lana was miraculously touched just recently. She's going to very briefly share that with you. Go right ahead. Can you hear me? Nope. Sorry, that was my fault. I didn't check the mic. Now it'll work. Can you hear me now? I don't talk very loud, and this is totally out of the normal for me. But I did write notes, and I have a support group over here. (laughs) But first of all, my name is Lana Richter, and I've been a member here since 2006. Long time. When I first moved to Tallahassee, I came the first time and never left. And it's because of the family. You know, when we talk about family, I know a lot of us have unsaved family members that we're always witnessing to by our lives, by our word, everything. But you know what? Look at your neighbor. These are the people we're going to be together forever. Forever. So, and I've asked the Lord. This is just kind of off the message, but I asked the Lord if it's possible when we all get to heaven, I'd like to have an ice cream store. <laughs> so maybe you'll come see me. But anyway, I also have three other women beside myself since 2007, and we meet every Monday night, and that's my support group as well as you all. But it's Vicki Nichols, Sally Higgins, and Mary Gibbons, and the reason I'm sharing this for you is because we're in constant prayer, not just for ourselves, but every Monday night we shut the blinds and shut the door, and between Jesus and the four of us, we have a revolving journal. When God answers the prayers, we cross them off. And he's done some miraculous things, he truly has. But I um, work, I don't know if you all remember me, but I worked at Lifeway the Christian bookstore for eight years and I've sold a lot of you and even pastor a Bible (laughs) and I um, really don't have a favorite Um, I'm kind of getting into the amplified now because of all the adjectives but my favorite of course is the message I think but then there's the old King James just read them all okay But I have a story for you. In fact, I have two stories. I'm going to try and be brief. Forgive me. But as working in a bookstore, I love to tell stories. The first one, when I was working there, a lady came up to my register. And um, she was just real troubled. And I asked her if there's something I could help her with. Because you've got to remember, this was a ministry for me. Um, helping the folks that would come in time and time. And I'll see them even today in Walmart and public. So I know you from somewhere. And, and we get to fellowship. And, but this lady came in and she was troubled about her teenager, who's a Christian, and the peer pressure in her school. 
And I prayed for her, and I said, would you mind if I continually put her on my daily prayer list? And she said, yes. Folks, this was in 2015. 15, yeah. Okay. I was in Publix a couple months ago, and I looked in the tomatoes, you know, and the peppers and, and the produce. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. In the, in the produce. And I recognized this lady, and I went up to her and I said, Do you have a daughter by the name of Heather? And she said, Yes. And I said, I know you from Lifeway. And I said, This is a divine, and this is, goes back to prayer, Pastor, how it's really important when we hear God tell us to pray for somebody, do. I looked at this lady. I don't remember her name, but I remember Heather's name. And I have been praying daily for that Heather for a year and a half. And this mother's face dropped, her mouth dropped, my mouth dropped. It was definitely a God meeting. No question asked. My second story is my story. Okay, Mid-July, this year, just last month, about 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up and my chest was in a vice. And I thought, oh my goodness, it's probably just indigestion. And I got up and it was, but it was a strange feeling. It was totally different than anything I've ever experienced. And I, I got up and walked around and eventually it passed and I laid back down. Uh, that was either when, uh, Thursday or Friday. The following Sunday, the four of us met for lunch after church. And I happened to mention it to my, my ladies, and Mary Givens jumped all over me. She said, you should have called 911. You had a heart attack. I said, oh, come on. So came Monday morning, and she wouldn't let up. She just was relentless. And uh, she was back in North Carolina. She um, lives there. Oh, get it. The, the Monday night group that meets, we're all from different walks of life. This is also a God thing. Vicki works for the state. Mary's a retired school teacher. My background is real estate. And Mary had a daycare center in her house. So go figure. God knew what he was doing because we listen. We listen. But anyway, I called my doctor about 11.30 Monday morning. And she said, come in at 2.45. I mean, how often does the doctor say, come in? But I got to meet with his physician's assistant. They did an EKG. And doggone if it didn't show, I had had a heart attack. And my um, heart doodads were, activity was, you know, going up and down. It was just very unstable. So this was Monday. So they made an appointment for Friday for me to have an echocardiogram. And that's where they go in and do like an ultrasound like they do for a baby. Okay? And they set me up with a cardiologist that would meet with me. Are you ready for this? August the 22nd, go figure. Fortunately, God has provided me with another friend who's a Christian whose husband happens to be a doctor. So he got on the phone and called Dr. Noel. I turned the page. Okay. Dr. Noel, who's a cardiologist, he was on vacation. Okay. But my friend's husband, I'm not going to name who, who my friend. He is, because he's well-renowned in Tallahassee. 
But anyway, Dr. Noel said he would have his office call me to come in on Wednesday. So, of course, Tuesday I canceled the appointment at Capital Regional and also the appointment with the cardiologist the end of uh, August because where I was going was um, Southern Medical Group where they have all the things that you need. I mean, you don't have to go anywhere else. So I was there Wednesday and they did um, another EKG. In fact, they did two EKGs and you could see where my heart was going up and down or whatever. And so the physician's assistant explained to me what my options were and they weren't very many. <laughs> One was a stress test and the other was heart catheterization. So we chose that. And she said, well, we can do this tomorrow. I thought, really? <laughs> this was just, you got to remember, I just started this on Monday. This was Thursday. So anyway, I was there Thursday. And they did an uh, echocardiogram where they go in and look at your heart. And they did two more EKGs. I don't know if they couldn't believe the first one or whatever. So a total of four EKGs, an echocardiogram. And they had me in there. It was cold. Boy, is that place cold. And they, um, you know, explained to me what they were going to do and everything. They put a screen up. And all I remember is that they right there it just like was a pinch and then all of a sudden they pulled down the screen and the doctor took off his mask and he said I am so pleased with your heart your heart is totally clear there's nothing wrong with it and he said your vessels and your major arteries have less than 10% plaque in them Amen. praise God isn't that day. wonderful the punchline, the punchline, and then I'll go. The punchline was the next day I said to the Lord, what is all this about? You know, what are you trying to show me through this? He said, 40 years ago, I gave my heart to him, and he still has it. Amen. Thank you, Lana. Isn't that great? Doug, would you come, please? Doug has another powerful story of what God's doing in his life. Every time I see Doug, I ask him one question. Doug, how you doing? And what do you say? Fantastic. Amen. Tell him your story, Doug. Approximately four months ago, around uh, April 24th, uh, the doctor said I had a massive heart attack. I survived that massive heart attack for eight weeks before I finally was forced into the hospital the emergency room by my son and my wife not knowing what was happening to me and they wanted to find out. Well, the doctor had three blood test runs and the first thing they said is, you had a heart attack. Do you want us to find out what's wrong? And he looked at me and he says, you don't look like you had a heart attack. I said, well, I don't know. And he said, uh, how about if we go check? Well, we went and checked. And about 45 minutes later, I woke up and he said, you have 
one of the main arteries leading to your heart 100% clogged. You have 5% of the capacity of your heart working. Normally 10% is what is considered you can survive. You should be dead. You should not be in here. So he sent me up to the intensive care and he gave me a blood thinner uh, of pressure pill, a water pill, and a, you know a bunch of other things. And approximately two days later, the nurse came in and said, would you like to walk around a little bit? So they got one of these walkers reached out or pulled out the legs so it would work for me and said, okay, let's go. Well, I took both hands, lifted the walker, and started walking. <laughs> and I went around oh, approximately the same areas going back to the back and down this aisle and came in. On Sunday of that week, I got to the point where I wanted out of that hospital. And when the doctor came, I said, well, he asked me, how are you feeling? I said, I'm feeling great. I want out of here. <laughs> and he says, I still don't believe it. So what you're looking at today is a walking, supposedly dead person. <laughs> and I can say, and I can say with all my heart, all my everything, I had nothing to do with it. Amen. It was Jesus who did it. Amen. Great song that we had proves it. He's my healer. Amen. Thank you, Doug. Isn't that a great story? Not a story, it's reality. God's doing a great work. Two weeks ago, Doug told me on Sunday morning that the week before he had been weed-eating his yard. A dead man weeding his yard. And then last week he told me, I walked a mile yesterday. Come on, folks. That's worth giving God glory for. Amen. Giving him praise and giving him honor. God's doing a mighty thing in Doug's life, and we're going to continue believing for complete restoration. Amen? I wanted these two individuals to share their testimony with you this morning because I want you to understand that divine healing isn't just theoretical. It isn't just theological, but it's real. It happens on a regular basis. When you look at the ministry of Jesus Christ, he constantly met people where they were at, touched them in the midst of their need, and brought healing and relief to them. John chapter 9 is just such a story. It's a story of Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus, the Bible says in verse 1, saw a man born blind from birth. And the disciples then said to him, Who sinned, this man or his parents? And then it's almost like they were on the tape because they realized, well, he was born blind. He couldn't be the one with the sin problem. It must be his parents. They did something to cause this infant to
to be born with this defect. Something was wrong in their life. They were looking for a cause and effect. They were looking for a reasonable solution. They were looking for a logical answer in John chapter 9. But when you read the scripture, Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. And it's right there in John chapter 9. He said, but he was born blind so that God could be glorified. Now here I want to throw a wrench in your theology. There's a lot of times when things happen in our lives and sickness comes upon us and we start the, oh me, poor me, the pity parties began. But did you ever stop to think that that's an opportunity for the glory of God to be made manifest in your heart and in your life? That's an opportunity for you to stand before people and say, I'm a walking dead man, but I'm here today because God is real. Jesus is alive and healing is for today. Then you read the rest of that story. It says that Jesus bent down, spit in the clay, made some clay, put it on the guy's eyes and told him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. You'll be healed. So the guy did exactly what Jesus said. He went and washed his eyes. His sight returned. And then it's real interesting when you continue reading that story. It's in verses 7 through 9. Some Jews or some people who knew him, the neighbors, it says, who recognized him said, now wait a minute. Isn't that the blind man? And some said, well, it looks like him, but I don't think it really is him. When you go back to the doctor, though, they may say, isn't that the dead man? Well, it looks like him, but I'm not sure it really is him. And he said, yes, it's me. I'm the same guy. The guy that for 38 years couldn't see a thing. I was born blind. They said, what happened? He said, some guy named Jesus. Put an ointment of clay on my eyes and told me to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And I was healed. And they said, where is this Jesus? Do you hear what they're saying? They're saying, we want some of what he has to offer. Oh, if you're in this room today and you have a need, I've come to tell you, Jesus is here. The same Jesus that opened those blinded eyes is here to touch you and bring relief and healing into your life today. You continue to read about it and it says those neighbors who figured out a miracle had happened, went to see the religious leaders, the Pharisees. And they said to them, this guy was born blind, we know it, we understand he always was, but something happened. So the Pharisees, you know, just like good religious people, they're going to get to the bottom of it. They're going to find the explanation. So they called him in and they said, what happened to you? And he told them the story again. And they said, so what do you think about this Jesus? He said, he's a prophet. That's all he knew to say. He couldn't, he couldn't uh, announce it any further than this guy's a prophet. He's from God. And they said, well, we don't like that answer. Let's talk to his parents. So they call his parents in. And they said, is that your son? Yes, it is. Was he born blind? Yes, he was. Can he see right now? Yes, he can. How did he get healed? We don't know. They pled the fifth. That's what they did. Because the Bible says they were afraid of the Jews. They were afraid of being kicked out because the Jews said, anyone that follows Jesus is going to be removed from the synagogue. They're going to be excommunicated if they follow Jesus Christ. So they said, we don't know. Ask him. He's of age. So for the second time, they call this guy who was born blind, now seeing, back into the presence of the Pharisees, and they said, tell us what happened to you. And he said, I already told you once, and you didn't listen. Why I'm going to tell you, that's Oklahoma talk, all right? He said, I'm not going to waste my breath on you. And they said, tell us. So he told them again. 
that Jesus had made clay and anointed his eyes. And then he sent him to wash in the pool of Siloam. And when he washed, he was able to see. And then they said, we know this Jesus. He can't be of God. He's a sinner. I like what he said in verse 25. He answered and said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, I was blind and now I see. Come on, folks. That's all the theology you need this morning. I was blind, but now I see. What nobody else could do for me, Jesus did for me. When I had nowhere else to turn, when I could do nothing but beg, this guy walks up, put clay on my eyes, calls me to go wash in the pool, and now I can see. 38 years, I couldn't see a thing. But today, I've been healed through Jesus Christ. I love that statement. You ought to underline it in your Bible. You need to hear it again. It says it one more time. He answered and said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know, though I was blind, now I see. And then he goes on to tell him, you say he's a sinner? I got news for you. This kind of stuff only comes from God. It only comes from God. And then I like the invitation. He says to the Pharisees, do you want to be his disciple too? Do you want to follow him too? Are you kidding me? What boldness. Here, I'm here to tell you this morning that when the master of the universe walks into your life and touches your need, your fear is gone. Your shyness is gone. Your timidity is gone. Because you can say, that's what I once was. This is what I am. Because I've been touched by the master. God has came into my life. Everything is different. Everything has changed because Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up. You see, I want you to get it this morning. It's not about having logical explanations. It's about trusting a living God. It's not about having your theology absolutely perfect and straight. The Pharisees thought they did. And this blind man who had never been educated, never been in the temple, didn't know anything about it, gave him a lesson. Oh, come on, friend, it's time for you and I to recognize that when Jesus shows up, things change. We change. Our circumstances change because Jesus has entered our life and he always makes a difference. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Musicians, come back. In this room this morning, you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you need some change. You need some change. You need something to alter in your life. What you need is to be born again. For Jesus Christ to come into your life and to forgive you of every sin, to make you a new person, a new creation. Old things are passed away, Paul said, and everything becomes new when we accept Him as our Lord and Savior. So you're here this morning and you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that's you, right where you sit, slip up your hand. I want to pray for you right where you sit. As I wait just a moment, I need Jesus in my life. Yes, sir. Someone else will join this one individual. I need Jesus in my life today. I want him to forgive me and to cleanse me, to change me. I need some change. And I believe that comes through Jesus. Anyone else is await just another moment. Ushers, would you come now and begin preparing to receive, distribute the elements of communion? Tom, get ready to sing that song, would you please? I'm going to pray right now for this individual. And in just a moment, we're going to invite people to come. I want you to come, sir, and I'm going to pray with you personally and specifically and ask God to do a new work in your heart and in your life. Father, right now, fill this individual with faith change his heart, change his life through the power of Jesus Christ. I pray now that you would create in him a clean heart and renew a right spirit.
Take out that heart of stone and give him a heart of flesh this morning. Renew him and restore him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. The ushers are distributing the elements of communion this morning. You don't have to be a member of this church. We believe in an open communion. The only requirement is that you're a part of the family of God. You're born again through Jesus Christ. We invite you to take the elements with us. Everyone, please hold the elements until everyone has been served. Come on, Tom, sing it out. All I need. All I need. Sing this beautiful song. room this morning. Has everyone been served? Let me ask that first. Has everyone been served? If you're in this room this morning and there's a need in your life that only Jesus can meet, maybe it's physical, maybe it's spiritual, maybe it's emotional, maybe it's mental, maybe it's relational, I don't know. But I know that God does and you do. And you're convinced this morning, if I can just reach Him, He'll make a difference in my heart and in my life. If that's you, then right where you sit, stand to your feet with those elements of communion. If you need a touch from God in your life, stand right where you're at. Don't be shy. Don't wait for anybody else. But right where you're at, stand. And let's give God glory and praise. Stand and give Him an opportunity to do something in your life this morning. Those of you that are standing, I want you to step out and come and stand in front of one of the elders and the deacons. Today we're praying the prayer of faith. We believe that by His stripes we were healed and applies to every portion of our body. You know, God isn't just interested in somehow getting us to heaven. He's interested in being in our lives today and pouring His love, His grace, His mercy out upon us every day of showing us His mighty hand and His power every single day. 
If there's not enough room for everybody to be in front of one person, then stand too deep. We're going to pray for every one of you today. I promise that. It's going to happen. You hold in your hands today the elements that declare Jesus Christ paid the price for my life. That wafer represents his broken body. That wafer says, by his stripes, I am healed. That wafer declares every lash placed upon his back was placed there so that I could be made whole. So this morning, would you take that wafer in faith declaring, by his stripes, I am healed. Take it with me. And then that cup, that's his blood that was shed for you and I. It represents the remission of our sins, power over the enemy. It represents the fact that you and I are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So would you right now, with that knowledge in your mind and in your spirit, knowing he's made you more than a conqueror, knowing he's defeated the enemy and put all things under his feet, would you take that cup right now as a statement of faith? Stand with me in the congregation. Tom, I want you to begin singing that song, Healing Oil. Would you do that, please? We're going to pray for every one of these individuals that are here this morning. We're going to lay hands on them because James tells us in James chapter 5, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil. Lay hands on them. And listen, the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. That's the word of God. We're going to believe and apply the word of God in this room this morning. It's not too late. If you want to step out and come forward, I invite you to do so. Or if you have a family member, a loved one who's responded, I invite you to come and join your faith with theirs as we pray together. Pastor Chris, I want you to anoint each and every person here today. Would you do that starting at that end and working all the way across, anointing each and every one? Sing it out, Tom. Healing oil. Come on, let's pray the prayer of faith this morning, church. God is in this room to do great and mighty things.
our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.